The Cincinnati Bengals have offensive coaches high in demand. Let's talk about what's next for this Bengals coaching staff. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko. He's your host James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network where we cover your Cincinnati Bengals every day on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. So if you're new to the show, please subscribe if you like Bengals content coming to you. Like the three-day series we just finished up with Joe Goodberry talking about the Bengals young players and what direction they should go this offseason. You can get all of that delivered to your device when you subscribe and become Part of that first listen club and become an everydayer. We appreciate all of you who do those things. This episode sponsored by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And James, as that series with Joe was running, we got some news about Bengals offensive coaches and and the way things are going there. Brian Callahan in line for at least one in-person interview with the Tennessee Titans. That'll be next week. And Dan Pitcher was reportedly requested to interview with the New Orleans Saints. But we also know that the New England Patriots are in line for pitcher services as well. This could be the nightmare scenario. And I know the... There are a lot of people out there, if you, especially on Bengal social media, so that could be a under 50% percentage of our listeners because I know a lot of you aren't necessarily on social media on a daily basis. But there are a lot of people that feel the way I felt about Jay Gruden after the 2013, 2013 season where it was like, all right, Jay, go get that head coaching job in Washington. Here's what I'm here to tell you. And Brian Callahan's probably getting a head coaching job. Just feels that way. This is his third year interviewing for head coaching jobs. The Titans make a lot of sense. You go from this former player in Mike Vrabel, defensive mind. They want to go with uh, probably an offensive mind, even though the owner says that's not necessarily the case. I could totally see that. I could see the Panthers being the case. I could go into all these. We're not here to break that down. This is locked on Bengals and how it would impact locked on Bengals. It's one thing to lose Brian and to know that you have Dan Pitcher waiting in the wings and that you can just promote him to offensive coordinator. The crazy part about this is the way it lines up. There's at least a possibility where Dan Pitcher has to make a decision before the Bengals have any idea if Brian Callahan is leaving or not. Have any idea if Brian Callahan is getting a head coaching job. And it's twofold. One, the teams that are looking at Pitcher they don't want to wait on pitcher because they don't want to compete with all these other teams that are looking for head coaches. They want to get their coaching staff locked in as, po- as much as possible right now. And so, of course, if they want Dan pitcher, they'll offer it to him. They're not going to wait. And so that could make things tough for the Bengals. And I'll tell you this, I get it. People are saying, oh, the offense is stale and all these. These are the offensive coaches that put together the game plan that so many people loved with Jake Browning. These are the offensive coaches that have pivoted, I would say, multiple times, that have schemed around crappy offensive lines. It's, it's not like Brian Callahan's the one uh, 
drafting insert whatever lineman you don't like. He didn't draft Jackson Carmen, right? He had to scheme around Jackson Carmen in the Super Bowl or in the AFC Championship game. Carmen didn't play in the Super Bowl. Akeem Adeniji, insert whoever else you want to. So Isaiah Prince, oh, anyways. I, I think that's just a, a reminder. And this could be the, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but this is the one scenario I think if you're Zach Taylor, you want to avoid. Change is inevitable. I think Callahan, it's a matter of when, not if. But I think ideally you would be able to promote Dan Pitcher. Now I, it seems like there's at least a chance you could lose both of those guys in the same offseason, which sucks for Burrow, it sucks for Zach, and it sucks for an offense that I, I think should and still could be really, really good in 2024. It should be. As long as Joe Burrow is a quarterback, I'm going to maintain that the Cincinnati Bengals offense should be very, very good. So just on the last point you made there, I think sure. that that's where my expectations are for the future, regardless of who these coaches are. But I think that pitcher has clearly done a great job with these quarterbacks and, and the development that we saw from Jake Browning from practice squad to this preseason to what he ended up doing in regular season games is at least somewhat attributed to Dan Pitcher. Rightly or wrongly, I think this is probably part of the problem with coaches is that we tend to see a lot of blame for them when things are going bad and intermittent, let's say, credit when when things are going well. It's a very much what have you done for me lately kind of league. See Luana Rumo's lack of interview requests this year, for example. But losing both guys would be losing two of their top lieutenants on the offense. Dan Pitcher and Brad Callahan both are involved in game planning. They're both involved deeply, obviously, with the passing game, with Joe Burrow's preparation, with the way the offense is structured around Joe Burrow. They, they've been largely responsible for passing game adaptations over the years and working hand-in-hand -hand with Burrow and Taylor, of course, on figuring out what teams are doing, how they're being played differently, and how they can adjust for those things. And so there is a possibility that many Bengals fans are floating out there that getting external candidates into these jobs would potentially inject some different perspectives into the offensive preparation design room, as it were, with Zach Taylor. But I'm not really sure that's the case. I, I don't know how much things would change if the Bengals were to replace these guys. Zach would be looking for people to replace what they do, not necessarily come in and change a bunch of things. Because when the Bengals hired Zach Taylor, they hired him to be the chief architect and play caller for their offense, right? And so this idea that things could change a whole lot, I, I kind of question the likelihood of that in the first place in terms of, you know, injecting different ideas or what have you. They probably go look for similar coaching trees unless they promote from within. And we'll talk about some of those options as well. But I, I think that it would be far from ideal to lose both in the same offseason. And, and it, it could be. be that they lose both eventually anyway. But the Bengals brought Dan Pitcher back for a reason last year when he interviewed for an OC job. And no surprise to see him back in that talk again because we've known his stars rising for a while let me get to why i'm concerned about keeping pitcher because that's the element where it's like ah oh, well 
and I think a lot of people are probably listening like, okay, well, they can just tell them to hold off a little bit. Brian will probably know by next week at some point. Let me know my, I want to tell you my big concern about this. See if you agree with that. We will uh, get to that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has you covered. It sounds like I'm describing a running back right now at the NFL draft. Now we're talking about eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, your number one ride or die, you'll always be able to find what you're looking for for your vehicle. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. This episode of Locked on Bengals is sponsored by FanDuel. The regular season is over. The playoffs are here. And if you're a Bengals fan, you're probably thinking about the NFL draft or you're looking for coach futures. Maybe you're looking to see how likely the odds makers think it is that Brian Callahan will get a job. Well, FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is there for all of that and more and right now new customers will get 150 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed with any five dollar bet win or lose 150 dollars in bonus bets available to you at fanduel.com locked on the app is easy to use same same game parlays you can find bets in the explore tab you can make a parlay in the parlay hub again fanduel.com locked on Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, Jake. Let's get to my concern with keeping Dan Pitcher. And it's a pretty simple one when you think about it. And you mentioned it. It's Zach Taylor's offense. Zach Taylor's the architect. If you're Dan Pitcher and you can go call plays in New England, you can go call plays in New Orleans, two defensive-minded head coaches. And of those two jobs, I would rather be in New England, because I think New Orleans, Dennis Allen, who knows how long that lasts. But I, I think that's really attractive, being able to call plays. That's probably the one question mark with Brian right now for some of these teams. Are you going to call plays? How do you think that's going to go? You haven't called plays regularly, and you've done so in some preseason games, but that is a question mark, and that's one that Dan Pitcher could answer by getting a head coach or getting an offensive coordinator job, rather, with the New England Patriots versus being the offensive coordinator of the Bengals. And then let's say that does happen. Finding an offensive coordinator in general is a little bit harder because most veteran coaches, most experienced coaches, they do want to call plays. So you're probably looking at quarterbacks, coaches, or below, not necessarily former offensive coordinators. Yeah, it will be interesting for pitcher. I wonder how that works if, say, say it's simultaneous. Say Callahan gets a head coaching job. And that day, New England offers or New Orleans or whoever offers Dan Pitcher a job. And the Bengals clearly have a succession plan in place. That's why he was brought back. It wouldn't surprise me if they literally wrote a succession plan into his contract the way it was reportedly done for Mayo in New England. Mm. And I don't know if that's true or not. I'm speculating. But it wouldn't surprise me, right, with the way he came back 
from a potential OC opportunity elsewhere. How would that work? Can the Bengals at that point block it? I wonder if there are any contractual things that they've done with pitcher or not, because while working with Joe Burrow, his offensive coordinator, especially if Brian gets the job, and we've seen him be in head coaching conversations and in the interview process for the last few years now, and it's ramping up for him. It only seems to be getting more and more serious for teams talking to him for these opportunities. Then you're weighing the opportunity of calling plays with a, what, third overall pick unless the Patriots trade up with a, with a young rookie quarterback, which is exciting, don't get me wrong, and a, a new coaching staff in New England where there's obviously great tradition and history versus what you've done recently in Cincinnati where you've cut your teeth, where you've worked with Joe Burrow, where you've helped develop him and Jake Browning into the quarterbacks they are today. You've been to the Super Bowl. You've been to the AFC Championship game. You've got all of this good stuff in Cincinnati going for it too. I wonder how you can go about making that decision if you're a pitcher. And I also wonder, and this is fully speculative, I don't think we're going to get the answer if, or maybe we will. I, I wonder if they've got something contractually done with him that, would elevate him to the OC job in Cincinnati. Yeah, I it's it's a good point and it's interesting and it could come down to his his decision. Does he decide to stick around or does he decide, "Hey, I want to go the like Bobby Sloak, right? One year in in Houston and you go with a rookie quarterback and you exceed expectations and now you're getting run that that Brian wasn't getting after 90, uh, 2019, of course. Wasn't getting after 2020. And even during the Super Bowl run, it's not like he had a bunch of interviews. Last year, had a couple. Had one, I think, after uh, mm-hmm. or during their run to the Super Bowl. But It yeah, is harder with some of these coaches in the playoffs. Like they, they do get interviews, but it is a little bit weird with coaches in the playoffs. And we've speculated that that costs the Bengals coaches some opportunities in the past as well. And that's why you have the new rules. That's why Kyle yeah. Hannon isn't interviewing in person until next week, because you can't. And so it, it kind of evens things out a bit, and we'll see. I, I think that's a, a huge dilemma for the Bengals in trying to keep at least one of these guys. And, and who knows, right? Who knows? It, it, I, there's no guarantee that either of them gets offers. Yeah. Feels like it's going that way, though. And uh, as far as Callahan goes, just one more thing on that, and then we could talk about what the Bengals would do Oh, there's a lot more to it, not necessarily only one, but go ahead. It, not one what? Not more one. Thing. What I'm curious to see what your one more thing on Callahan yeah. is. Be more than oh, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more to it. But I, I just have one more thing that I, I definitely want to get to, and I'll forget to otherwise. But Tyler Rowland of, of Locked on Titans was like, hey, man, and we do this, right? You exchange information from people that you know. What, what can you tell me about Brian? And he's like, on record, off record, whatever. And I was like, well, I'll be on record. And I just... I want this on our podcast, just to, especially if he leaves, because I think it's real easy for the, the people out there to say, ah, oh, they're going to figure it out and they'll be fine. They have Joe Burrow and all that. And I, I think that's true. I think Joe Burrow would be a really good quarterback with me coaching him. And guess what? Not anywhere near a high school coach, let alone a, an NFL coach. So with that said, uh, he, he asked, and here's I just want to read the message to him. I said, I think Callahan would do a great job. He's an NFL lifer, knows how to work with different personalities. The offense can evolve and change based on personnel, which I think the Bengals have done, by the way. He hasn't called plays, so that's a question mark, but there aren't many when it comes to him. I think he'll be missed if and when he gets a head coaching job, 
even if some Bengals fans don't realize it right now. And that's just how I feel. I think he matters a lot in that room. I think he's been around the league a long time. Uh, since Think back to the Raiders Super Bowl days. When was that? A lot of you are wondering in the early 2000s, in those locker rooms with Jerry Rice, I think that matters. And so losing him also matters. Everyone's, everyone talks about the Denver years. I, I think back all the way to the, the Raiders years as well. Yeah, I think that Callahan's obviously got a great resume. That's why he's in these conversations. But it's easy to undersell what Callahan does for the Bengals. A lot of people ask throughout the throughout really the last few years, like, what does Callahan do? He doesn't call plays. What does he do? He's the offensive coordinator. Doesn't call plays. Does he just sit in the booth and like have a chat with Zach about how things are going through? Like, he's yeah. he's doing a lot of work throughout the week on protections, on red zone, on third down. He's a huge part of game planning. He's a huge part of the offensive architecture, which ultimately does live with Zach. And for the most part, he's on the same page with Zach as far as the approach that the Bengals take, but to, to dismiss what he does, I think is, is just a product of not knowing, not seeing it. He does a lot of invisible work. He works on things that, you, you know, you, you can't directly correlate or, or see came from his labor. And so I, I think that that must be part of it, but, Again, losing both of these guys or even one of these guys would be detrimental to the team. And honestly, to, to us, <laughs> Brian Callahan is one of the best interviews in the NFL period, one of the most interesting offensive or coordinator or above level coaches in the NFL to talk to. Very forthright, very honest, willing to talk about what's working, what isn't working, where things might go within reason, of course. You can't you know, totally tip their approach but that intelligence and the way he communicates i think is is also an ability and it's an asset maybe that changes when he becomes a head coach he starts like zach taylor giving a little bit less to the media over time but that doesn't mean that that intelligence and thoughtfulness and conscientiousness goes anywhere for callahan and you can see how he would be and how he does lend to the culture that they've created in cincinnati and the approach to offense and the open-mindedness that I think is dismissed. A lot of people think the Bengals are really stubborn as coaches. And, and I think the coaches in Cincinnati get a lot of blame for things that maybe should be directed to the front office or to players, which is probably a whole different conversation. But I guess I'm just saying that I, I think Brian Callahan's a good coach when it comes sure. down to it. And it's hard to figure out where the succession plan will be if both of those guys go. And I think that's what, we need to figure out and talk about a little bit here because it's very unclear. If it, if it's pitcher, it's very obvious. If Callahan gets a job on Monday and pitcher hasn't gotten an offer yet, the Bengals are going to promote him and that's probably it. But if that doesn't happen, they may need to get creative. They may need to hire externally. There may be internal candidates. Let's talk about what that might look like to finish the show coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America and the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. Why? Because it's you versus the Prize Picks projection. So you pick two to six players, and whether they're going to score more than or less than their stat projection. So maybe you think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for more than his 
passing yards number on prize picks. Or maybe you think that Josh Allen is going to run for more than the number of rushing yards that he has on his projection. Well, you could put those two together and boom, you can win up to 25 times your money. You can even mix and match sports. Combine LeBron James with Josh Allen. It's no problem. Do it with prize picks. And they also have quick quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players, stat types, so you can get creative. And they also have offer week weekly promotions. Everyone loves Taco Tuesday. They have Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts, select player projections up to 25% to give you even more value. To get started, go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. James, where did the Bengals turn if Dan Pitcher and Brian Callahan have been hired by this time next week? Troy Walters is one guy on the internal staff that stands out as a candidate would be a big leap from wide receivers coach to OC. Do you think they go internal or external? Oh, I think it's interesting. First, let's start with the guy everyone's going to mention that isn't even going to be available, Joe Brady. A lot of people are going to mention Joe Brady. Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. So we, he, there's nowhere to go. There's no lateral move to make. It's done. That won't happen. He was promoted earlier this year. They'll shed the interim tag if he continues to do what he's done, and I think that's probably what they'll do anyway. So Can, I, can they decline interview requests when he has the interim title? Is that legal? I believe so. I believe so. I don't know for sure. Now. Somebody in the comments but, can let us know if that's wrong. If the Bills lose this weekend, it won't matter, and they'll have to make the decision if they want to keep him or not. Mm -hmm. I would be surprised if they didn't, but – I don't know, because to me, it's a staff thing. And McDermott probably, unless they just get boat raced by the Chiefs, then I guess you could question McDermott, and then it opens up the can of worms. But as of now, I, I don't expect Joe Brady to be available. Troy Walters interviewed for the Texans' offensive coordinator job last year. Think about that. I just mentioned Slowick and how he's getting all this run and all these head coaching interviews. Troy Walters is interesting because we just mentioned it. It's not like he has to call plays. Former NFL receiver, knows the game really well. I think he would get consideration. I do. Uh, I, I, I don't know if there's other options there. I think there's. I think internally you could replace Troy and then elevate Troy to offensive coordinator. So you might be able to backfill that way internally. And so I do think there's a path there. But then quarterbacks coach, I, I think quarterbacks coach likely comes from the outside. What about Cragthorpe? Cragthorpe's always been the heir apparent at quarterbacks coach. Like the, the thought was to me, Cragthorpe to QB coach, pitcher to OC, if that was the way that things fell there. Yeah, and, and, and he could. I, I think, right? I mean, right now, it, to me, I thought he would just slide into the wide receivers room and because hmm. he's already there and, and just slide to wide receivers coach. Now, you might be right. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe you go Cragthorpe to quarterbacks coach and then you're going to the outside for wide receivers coach, which could very well happen. So he's assistant wide receivers coach. He's in that room all the time, having continuity there. Does that work? Does it not? He was also a quarterback. So I get it. I get it both sides. Troy Walters in 2022 was part of the inaugural coach and front office accelerator program, just to give you an idea of, of what the league thinks of him. He's been thought of as a future rising star, or maybe not future, but a current rising Ooh. star. I take it back about Craig Thorpe. I forgot he got promoted. He's assistant QB coach now. 
Yeah, that's so, that's so he. My bad. So yes, he would. So there you go. So he would yeah. probably replace pitcher. I don't know what I was thinking there. I don't know why I just thought that he he had the same title still. I looked and I'm like, nope, definitely a different title now. So yeah. there you go. So you would probably just need a wide receivers coach from the outside. I think that's possible. I do. I think there's a lot of respect for Troy. That would not shock me. Yeah. And and like I said, he, he's been part of this coaching pipeline, coaching development program for a couple of years now. He's for a couple of years been discussed as a rising star. Zach Taylor's talked about a, a number of times that he thinks there are a number of future head coaches on his staff. I think Troy Walters is counted among those. And it would be interesting to see how that would change things. I think if they could keep some of it in in house some of the synergy that they have in terms of being able to find adjustments in terms of being able to find answers over the course of seasons over the course of games would remain intact a little bit because you would have guys that are familiar with the process you already have whereas if you go external the downside is even if you get the injection of ideas and good processes that a coach would bring with him from another experience say that it's it's a positive hire it's a good fit and you get that right you get the guy that comes in and he's a good fit and he has good ideas and he changes you for the better. Even if you do get all of that, there is still some acclimatization process, trust building potentially if, if the coaches don't know each other very well and, and just getting on the same page as far as the way that ideas are communicated. Think about any time you've worked with a new team member and, and compare that to someone you've worked with for years. Take you and I, for example, James, after doing this podcast with Joe for a year, you come back, it takes us a little bit of time to figure out how to talk to each other, how we're going to do the podcast. And similar thing, obviously very different in the NFL building, but any job, communication and, and trust and building that relationship does matter. And so that would be an aspect that even if it is a good coaching hire, would have to be overcome as far as their current processes, which are recognized by people who aren't Bengals fans to be pretty good in terms of finding answers and being adaptable over time. That would need to be redone a little bit rebuilt a little bit if they have new lieutenants for zach taylor in the offensive side of the ball yeah i think their process is really good i think look i think we'd be talking about a, a divisional playoff game this week if burrow didn't get hurt like it, i do as flawed as they are all these flaws all these things that we talk about it, and part of it is their process part of it is the coaching part of it is the way they responded Really, every time this year, to adversity. It wasn't enough to get into the postseason, but they responded to it the right way. It, it When you lose part of that, it doesn't just catch up right away. And even if they promote internally, whether it's mm-hmm. Brad Cragthorpe, whether it's Troy Walters, whether, whether it's Dan Pitcher going to OC, there will still be processes that have to change a little bit and that have to be tweaked. And things... And, that, and you're losing institutional knowledge. And that. And, and, all of it. And, mm-hmm. and so that's w- one of the things I'll share it. I talked to Zach Taylor after the Super Bowl and it was at UC's pro day. And he's like, we kept all of our coordinators and he was smiling ear to ear about it. We kept all of our coaches to be specific. And that is, he doesn't want to have to think about that aspect of it because he trusts his staff. It's why earlier this month when I asked him, hey, are, is your staff going to be back? He's like, hell yeah, we have a great staff. And he didn't say hell, but I, that's what he was thinking. Hell yeah, they're going to be back. I want all of them back. No one's allowed to interview. And he doesn't feel that way. Of course, he wants th- these guys to, to move up. But part of him doesn't, is selfishly, because of how, how much he values them and trusts them to do 
what needs to be done and and not even what like in agreement with him. I know it, it they don't always agree. He doesn't always agree with Brian. Doesn't always agree with Dan or or Joe or Frank Pollock or whoever. But when you mix it all together, it has worked. And I think a lot of people feel like it hasn't. It has. The back-to-back AFC Championship games this year, do things need to be tweaked personnel-wise? Of course they do. I'm not sure this was a coaching staff issue this year for most of it, even though people are are looking at it that way. And I get it. I'm just not sure the coaching staff was a a major issue of why the Bengals missed the playoffs and why they're 9-8. Just to be clear, none of this means that the Bengals coaching staff should be free from criticism, that they should just be forgiven sure. for subpar results in 2023. For, for any of that, there are things that need to be better. There are things that need to improve. There are changes that need to be made. It's fair to criticize decisions throughout the season. It's fair to criticize play clock management. It's fair, fair to criticize fourth down decisions. And honestly, I won't even argue with you if you want to criticize decisions to sit or start Joe Burrow even if we disagree I think that that's a reasonable thing that fans disagree with and I think that that's an opinion that they're more than entitled to but all of that being said you can't only I don't know I feel like a broken record you can't only blame the coaches when things go bad and then turn around and say uh the Bengals went to the Super Bowl in spite of their head coach they went to the AFC championship game the next year actually in spite of their coach as well the the sustained run of success over two years uh, that's just happenstance. It's because Joe Burrow is a quarterback. They covered up a people lot. Say that. Pe- I know people that, do say that. I know. I, yeah. I don't think it's quite fair. If they come out next year and they're like a strict drop back passing offense, the way the Eagles are, okay, you've got a problem. But look at the way the Eagles season went and the way things fell apart down the stretch. They go one and six with their only win at home against the Giants in their last seven games of the season after starting 10 and one. And, and that's where you have institutional problems on top of the drama. And the stuff that's getting leaked about, you know, the relationship between the coaching staff and Jalen Hurts and all that stuff, you don't have that in Cincinnati. You have guys that get along, that have good trust with it, with one another, and that have been able to produce pretty good results for two out of the three years when, and, and when they've had a healthy quarterback. And so we'll see what happens next year. If it's another bad year, if things start collapsing, like we saw with Philly, we'll be singing a different tune. But I, I don't have that feeling after 2023. And I, I think that sometimes change can be good, and I get it. I also think that it's going to be really hard to get a year from now for us to say, oh, man, they were better off without Brian Callahan or without Brian Callahan and, and Dan Pitcher. Like, I, I think it, it's, it's really hard for me to see that scenario. Doesn't mean it won't happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Doesn't mean it won't happen. But it's, it's hard. To, there's a reason – Callahan's getting interviewed for four head coaching jobs. The NFL isn't dumb. I mentioned the Jay Gruden example. Sure, the Jay Gruden example, right? Guess what? Washington was the only team on him. Washington was the only team on him. Sorry, Commanders fans, but it was Washington. (laughs) That's much different. I was like, the Dan Snyder Washington, not the current Washington regime. Anyway, (laughs) we'll see how this all plays out. We will have you covered as news develops on the Bengals coaching staff of the future. Until then, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back for another episode in the near future. Until then, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one.